Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited for today's guest because she instantly became one of my favorite humans. We have the CEO and founder of Versewire, Sherry Saidi here, who is here to talk about how the company came about, her journey in the music business, and how they're truly revolutionizing what it means for a record label and what they're doing and how they're helping market the artists and just all the help that they're doing. It's truly incredible. So if you like music, if you like hanging out, if you want to learn about some cool new bands, this is the episode for you. So let's get into today's episode. And Sherry, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, thank you so much for having me, Colin. I'm amazing. How are you? Good, good. Before we get started, I want to jump into talking about music. Um, who, what song has been on repeat for you lately? Oh my God. Okay. This is going to sound so biased, <laughs> but it's not, you know, uh, <laughs> this mess is probably my verse. No, um, it's actually, uh, a girlfriend song and it's not, it, you know what? I'm not biased because it's not what I did, but there you go. But it is my current client. I love him very much. It's the song called plastic banger. If you haven't heard it, go listen to girlfriends plastic. Yes. Absolutely. What were, what were some of your top artists from last year? Now that we're here. Oh, do I have to be honest? Okay. Yeah, I mean, like top Spotify told me yeah, or top I mean, Spotify? either or. You know, <laughs> either or. We can, you can do both. <laughs> um, Blink-182 has always been one of my favorite artists, and I'm honored to say that Mark Hoppus is a partner on this. Uh, so definitely Blink and their latest album, One More Time, was, I have it on repeat for way too many, way too many days. It's fine. Uh, Beauty School Dropout, um, specifically their latest album, Ready to Eat. Um, of course, Girlfriends. And if I were to name another, I would say All Time Low. They're very, very dear friends oh of mine, gosh, and I've worked yes. with them a lot. Waitlist so, will forever be a bop. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> right? And especially, it's like, it's it's just one of those songs that just takes you back, but also, like, it's still relevant uh, at all. Yes. Because every year, you're like, this time, this time. <laughs> yes. You know? Uh, what <laughs> okay, as we move into... I want to talk about concerts. Like, what were some concerts, it could be recent or from a generation ago, that really you were like, wow, like, this levitated me. Like, this made me feel like we're on another planet. You know, truthfully, uh, Taylor Swift absolutely yes. blew my mind. Everyone. Yes. Like, every, like, I'd never seen Taylor live before. And I'm a fan. I'm not, like, a diehard, but I'm 100% like a fan. I respect her as a businesswoman so much. And um, my friends were diehard Taylor fans, and they were just like, "We have to go to the Eras tour." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> there, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy as a clam. I have my wine, I have pizza, like I, I'm good, you know. 
And then the show starts and I was just like, okay, I get it. I 100% get it. The level of tenacity, the we all know putting on a show and putting on a concert for three hours is like not an easy task. And just how amazing and streamlined and uh, incredible that show went. And just the fact that she could sing a three hour set, that was amazing. So that literally just my jaw's still on the floor and it's been a few months. Um, and so that one for sure. Um, one of the most beautiful moments actually last year was when uh Beauty School Dropout opened for Blink on their tour and we and they played Madison Square Garden. Yes. It was such a beautiful moment where like um Mark and I were watching BSD perform and then of course like and then Turnstyle played Love Turnstyle and then Blink performed and it was just all of us watching Blink at Madison Square Garden. Oh my god. Um, after such a successful year. I definitely teared up. So those are like those are definitely like I mean I, I, I think it's so funny. I'm, I'm sure you can tell my favorite genre with like, everything, <laughs> you know, but, but it's the things that just really stick. It's, it's the appreciation for like the artist on stage and just what they're doing. And also just like the memories of the people that you're uh, creating with, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. No airs tour. I went night two here in New York. Phenomenal. Life-changing best day of my life. And then I saw a blink at Coachella last April Another yeah. another levitate moment. Then I'm seeing them again when they come uh, later on the spring or in the summer. I know I'm obsessed, excited. Like no, honestly, yes. Like those two life changing moments. No, Hunter, I left the Taylor Swift concert going like I I need you know those bracelets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're mine, and of course, like the fans, they were so sweet. They're like, oh, your your wrists are empty. I'm like, yes, they are. <laughs> You're like, and I'll um, take that. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's just it's. It's uh, it, it's not touring is also just very hard and just being at that level and playing in front of those many fans and connecting and just, I just it's it's mad respect. But those were those were uh, life changing moments for sure. And then like we, before we get into like your current like music background business, what was like your first job in the music industry that kind of you were like, wait, I love this. I should be doing this my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> so funny story. Oh my God. I hope my parents aren't listening. Now, know, now that I lied. But uh, when I was 16, I was, I mean, that's when I started really. That was like my first job in music. And I had a lot of friends that were like local musicians and they would like play shows and I wanted to go. My parents wouldn't let me because they were just like, no, like for whatever reason. So I would lie and I would be like, oh, I'm at, I'm going to Stacy's house. And then I had to go earlier to make up my alibi because I can't go to Stacy's house at like nine. I had to go to our house at six. So I'd get to the venues early and I just like twiddle my thumbs and like my friends were like, Hey, do you want to help set up the merch table? Do you want to help load in? And then like after a few times they were like, do you want to just manage us? Like we need help. And I was like, cool. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm sure I'll figure it out. <laughs> so that was my first job. And to this day, I don't think I told my parents where I actually was, but now they know. So sorry, mom and dad. Sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. And then like, now, fast forward, I want to first talk about Versewire. Like, how did that come about? Like, how, like, what's the genesis with that story? Yeah, you know, my whole, the whole reason why I do what I do, and I don't want to bore you with like the, well, once upon a time. Like, <laughs> honestly, my whole thing is I just want to leave this industry <laughs> better than I found it, you know? And I feel like the music industry, like, there's so many amazing people working in it and so many passionate people, but I feel like we're, you know, and I, I'll count myself hundred percent as, as part of this. We're one of the last to adapt to change or, uh, you know, we'll look at something that needs a solution, but it doesn't come from us. Like for example, why was iTunes built by a, a computer company that should have been made by someone like, like within the industry. 
So my first company, Veeps, like was a solution to give power back to the artist for ticketing, right? So now I'm very Yay. honored to say, I'm very honored to say that because of um, what we created, artists have this ability to um, basically create events, create live stream events at their own disposal, have their own, you know, fan information, um, commission free and be able to run that side of their business. And I'm very honored to say Live Nation uh, bought that company and partnered with us. And I didn't want to stop there because that was one aspect of the music industry that I wanted to go ahead and, um, uh, you know, create a solution for. But if you really think about it, the pinnacle of the issue that trickles down with everything that an artist goes through is the record label deals that they initially sign because that affects everyone, right? That affects the managers, that affects like, how the artist is compensated for for their music to then like, you know, figure out how they're going on tour and basically figuring out what their revenue streams are. And the Veeps of the worlds, the Cameos of the worlds, they're incredible resources for artists to make additional ancillary income. But if we really just fix the root of the issue, which is maybe not the most favorable terms for an artist to sign, then everyone's life becomes easier, then everyone's job becomes easier, right? And I thought to myself, I'm like, man, like, the, the typical traditional model is uh, you're already right off the bat signing your rights away and you're a work for hire. So if I'm an artist and I want to sign with a label, they own all my work and I'm a work for hire at that point. And I get an advance. And an advance is a very fancy way of saying high interest loan. So, for example, I'm going to use easy numbers. If a, if a label gives you $100,000 as an advance, you don't make them back $100,000 and then you start making money. Uh, that $100,000 you're making back from your percentage, and that's typically 15%. So if we do the math, you actually may have to make back $700,000. Oh and that's assuming additional services and fees and marketing isn't tapped on, which it will be because you, you have to work the song. And that's how artists get into the cycle of never recouping and not seeing money past their advance. And if you really think about it, like if I was like, Colin, you want to buy a house? And you're like, sure. I'm like, cool. There's an 85% interest rate. You tell me to go fuck myself. Like, insane. Um, and I would be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, so I thought to myself, I'm like, wait a minute. Why don't we treat this business? Because every artist I've ever worked with is something, something LLC, right? Or incorporated. And I was like, why don't we just treat them like a business? And why don't we just use the Shark Tank model where I invest in you I take equity from certain revenue streams and then I bring in my label services team to build custom tailored resources for you to grow. And I think that every good idea is actually rather simple. Like if you feel like you discovered King Tut's treasure, then that's fantastic. But I think the best ideas are simple. So what I've literally done is I've applied what every other industry in the entire world uses and applied it to the music industry. And that seems simple, right? It seems like a solution that should have already existed, right? It doesn't. And this is why I don't like to call us a label. This is why I call us a VC for artists. Because calling us a label is like calling us a better taxi. Like, like for example, compared to Uber. Like, you wouldn't call an Uber a better taxi, right? Mm -hmm. So they made their own category. So did we. We're a VC for artists and we handle all the label services. Um, and uh, we had to, you know, put it to work and make sure that the model actually made sense on a financial level, but also of course on the resources and in, you know, our development level for the artists. So beauty school dropout was our first case study. We got going and uh, we were very happily surprised with how quickly the band actually started to, um, you know, generate real royalty checks within a year of being signed with us, with our model. 
And also the fact they grew from 4 million total streams to 50 million total streams in just a year. That's crazy. And that was our case study. That's crazy. So literally what I say to everyone is we are the Uber of record labels. We're our own category. We're not a better taxi. We're our own category. And I feel like you brought up such a good point. Like I feel like a lot of people think when it comes to music, they're like, oh yeah, they instantly start making money. They instantly start doing this. And it's like, um, no, like, like you said, no. like you have to like, immediately said, start earning and it's the mark. Like you can't, they don't just like hit play, sign the dial and they're like, oh yeah, everybody else does the work. We just like have to record music. It's like, no, nowadays you have like social media. So you have to be like promoting it that way. And you have to be like doing totally. the, like the, like the concert phenomenon thing is like a whole nother realm that people like don't even like know the logistics that goes into that. Totally <laughs> Touring is a whole other world, but like there are so many levers that you have to pull. Uh, it takes a village. There's so many levers that you have to pull in terms of marketing, playlisting, uh, social content, uh, international PR, internal, like, you know, domestic PR, international radio, internal radio, sync. Like there's so many things that have to be pulled and levered. So uh, oftentimes, Unfortunately, I see situations where, for example, artists are signed and it's kind of like, okay, let's see what you got. And it's like, no, that that's not how that works. Like they, you know, they they need support, they need development, they need the right people at like executing the right things. And um, it's one of those things where I just feel like I learned a long time ago. Like if you see an issue, if you see something that needs to be fixed, you got two options: come up with a solution or stop complaining. So I've always been like, I'm going to, well, I, I think I have a solution. Let me try it. And it worked the first time with Veeps, worked very quickly with Veeps. And uh, it's working now with Versfire. And I'm just, I'm honored to like really come to you and say that like, this is something that's been working. We're now on year two. Um, we also signed Girlfriend shortly thereafter. And we're about to sign some uh, pretty well-known uh, household names onto our roster as well. Um, we started slow just because we wanted to make sure that like we, you know, this new model. Cause I had nothing to base it off of. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't like, you know, pull uh, previous things that I've looked at or contracts that I've looked at. We literally from scratch developed our own contracts, our own model, our own infrastructure. And now that the playbook is locked in, we're like, let's go. The sky's the limit. Cause if we can do that with an emerging artist, like imagine what we can do like, with, uh, with, with someone a little bit more established. It, like that's insane. And just like, how do you, I know everybody listening for like, okay, well, where do you find the artists? Like, are you guys like searching social media, going up in mics? Like, how do you find art, the artists like Girlfriends and uh, Beauty School Dropout? Like, how do you do, how do, you do that? Totally. So um, we're in a place right now where, I mean, people are coming to us left and right. And we started with an emerging artist on purpose because we wanted to prove the concept. Because for example, if I signed like, I'm just spitballing a name because I was just listening <laughs> morning if I signed a Matchbox 20 and they did well everyone would be like well duh Sherry it's them and I'd be like fair so we on purpose wanted to like initially sign an emerging artist and we literally found um beauty school dropout before we signed them they were playing a show in a corner of a thrift store to 100 people and myself and my partner Nick Lipman who also manages them were like there's something here man there's something that we have to like uh, it, it was just everything. It was the right attitude, really hard workers. They were multifaceted. They wrote, they produced, um, their, you know, they, their, their stage presence was insane, even for just such a small area. And you see that, you see that hunger, you see that, you see the talent, but then you also see that, uh, you know, 
they have what it takes. And after having done this for about 16 years at this point, I'm aging myself, but uh, <laughs> you just, you, you know, you know what, to, what you're looking for and you know what are red flags. And, um, and then, you know, then we sign girlfriends that are like more established. And now we kind of have opened up the, um, opened up the gates in terms of people like are reaching out to us via email. I'm always looking, I mean, I'm always going to shows. I'm always going to any types of, um, events to just like, um, see someone that's, that someone's saying is like an incredible artist, but you know, we've had like stadium size artists reach out to us asking for like an understanding of like how, and we're like, Oh, we'll tell you. Here we go. <laughs> it's, it's so exciting because it's like, it's, it's so simple. But we've just we just haven't applied it to our industry, and it's it's a win win for everyone. You know, it's it's exactly what we've always needed. And like, what's that first meeting look like? Like after the artist is like, hey, like we're interested. Like, what's like the first thing you do? Because I feel like a lot of times people are like, okay, like once we get their attention, like what does it look like? Are they like going to hold our hand? Like, what is it like that first step that you guys do that's different than like a typical like label that anybody would go to? before we've signed them or um once we've signed like them? once you sign them in it's like okay we're here like what's that first one that like are you talking strategy like what's totally. in that first meeting i like to listen in the first meeting because what i've also realized <laughs> is most people don't like being told what to do neither do i <laughs> and i'm not going to tell anyone what to do like that that's not we're partners in this and i treat the artists like partners and i ask questions i ask especially if they're a little bit deeper in their career but it's like um what have you liked about your label services so far? What have you not liked? What do you feel like the holes are in your business? Where do you feel like you need the most support? Do you need a lot of support in writing? Can we go ahead and arrange some sessions for you? Do you feel like you're covered there? Okay, you're looking for an executive producer. Okay, let's go ahead and brainstorm. Let's go ahead and set up sessions where you can try out a few and see who you're vibing uh, the best with. Okay, you guys are really looking for brands and sponsors and like you have a very high profile. Great, let's go ahead and look see what that looks like. What types of people? I don't like to play a guess game because it ends up going nowhere if you do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I ask a lot of questions and I listen. So I like to understand where that where that artist is in their career, what their frustrations were and what their goals are and where they feel like them, they need the most amount of help because it's not a copy and paste. Like what what even artists in the same category in the same like realm with the same amount of like monthly listeners on Spotify could need totally different things. And it's all about listening and understanding uh, what that artist is trying to do and how we can best support it cuz they are the CEOs of their own business. Um, I'm just here to help. And I feel like that's key too, because I feel like a lot of times like people are like, okay, like we need everybody to be this, like, which I feel like was like a popular thing in the 2000s. They're like, all right, like everybody's going to work with like this brand or this marketing. It's like, um, actually this group, they need a little bit more like personal branding before we can even approach them with like that. Or like this totally. group really struggling with that. It's like, like you said, everybody's not the same and their needs are different. So I feel like that is true. Like, well, it's also one of those things where it's like, know your clients. Because, for example, uh, years ago, I was working with a very high profile artist signed to a major. And, you know, they were they were trying to do their job. Like, I respect it. But they came up to us with, like, a huge deal with, like, this um, this uh, protein company, like, like, like animal-based protein company. And they're like, yeah, they're offering this much. And I'm like, guys, he's vegan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like. Those, I, I never, I promised myself when I started something like this, I was like, I will know them in and out and I will understand their goals and what they're trying to do because I also don't want to waste anyone's time, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I'm here to win. I'm not here to not lose. 
And that's what I always say. Like, let, let's fucking go. Let's figure this out and let's hit the ground running and let's not have any hiccups along the line. And that's key too, like you said, like knowing your people in and out. Like a lot of times like people are just like, oh, that makes sense. And I know a few artists have gotten in trouble with that where they're like doing uh, speaking like ops for like alcohol brands and stuff. People are like, they don't even drink. Like, what are you doing? That doesn't make yeah. any sense. <laughs> like literally exactly that I've encountered. Because I, I was in management for eight years before I started Veeps. And like the amount of times that would happen, I would just be like, all right. <laughs> You're like, um. <laughs> you know? I'm like, this isn't very productive. But again, I also I also think that no one ever shows up trying to do a bad job. I, I truly believe that everyone is innately good. Everyone is trying their best, but it's like, um, traditionally there's like 30 artists assigned to one A&R. There are not enough, there are not enough hours in the day to do something like that, to properly really give that artist the attention they deserve and to, you know, like game plan an album cycle, game plan the, the, the world, the theme you're building around it. And then also make sure all the, like, it's just, it's, it's actually just um, a very overwhelming thought. And so what we did here at Versefire, which I'm very proud to say, is like my, my clients do have project managers and that's very important, like running everything. But the A&R, the one who really focuses on the music and um, like the melody and the types of people we put in the room, put like our clients in the room with, like from producers and writers and the visions for like the music videos, like Mark Hoppus plays a huge role in that. He sits with the boys and talks about like, what type of songs are you guys trying to write? How can I help? He sits with the boys and like says, turn up this chord progression and do that. I don't, I am, do not understand any of it. I'm like, and I just, I'm like, I agree. I just, wrote, I agree. <laughs> um, when we were like brainstorming our first music video, the boys had this idea and Mark was like, no, we should do this. And, you know, I would listen to someone that sold 50 million records in my genre like, I don't know about you, but like when, when, when someone with such an established career that's so respected gives you advice of the type of career you're looking for, like you listen, you know, it's based off of, it's based off of like experience. It's based off of proof. Like he's done what you're trying to do. So there's a, there's a diff- different level of, of respect there. Now the spreadsheets and stuff like that, uh, my team handles, shout out to Maya. Thank you for keeping me sane. <laughs> but, um, the a and is so vital and so important. And I always say, I'm like, look, this is the music industry. Focus on the music. If you get that right, then everything else is easier. And of course, like if I'm like, I don't want to be that classic, like, oh, well, we need a hit. But fucking duh. Okay? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But it's like, Let's get you the tools you need to to get the best possible song that you feel proud of, but also resonates with a lot of people. That's a quote unquote hit. Doesn't just come out of nowhere. <laughs> it takes work. It takes like a lot of A&Ring, which is where Mark comes in. And I'm, um, it's been a lot of fun. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, 
to be. And I feel like that's true. Like with a lot of artists and stuff, they'll be like, I want mine to be like number one trending sound on TikTok and I want to be blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, focus on making good music. And then from there we can grow. You can't just be focused on like, I want to have a full headline stadium tour. I want to have that. It's like, okay, let's hone in and zone in on like step one first before like that can happen, but we can't like be focusing on everything else instead of like the music first. Like, Hey, you know what gets you on a headline stadium tour? A great song. Hey, you want to know what gets your song trending on TikTok? A great song. (laughs) So start there. And it's like we, and oftentimes, and I don't blame anyone. It's just, we have too many tools at our disposal. The barrier entry is minimal because anyone can put a song and upload a song on a DSP these days, which is great, but it also, there's more competition. So what I always remind my clients is like, look, like the TikToks, like the Instagrams, these are tools. Like these are tools to get your music out to people. Like don't get too hell bent on, uh, you know, like, okay, we got to get, we got to get this song trending on TikTok. Well, if it's a great song and if we have a smart marketing campaign behind it, it's going to move. But think about that, not the other way around, Mm -hmm. you know? I feel like oftentimes we get so uh, hell bent on like the quick wins. And I I always say, easy come, easy go. You want a quick win, it's going to go away just as fast. If you want to build a long lasting career where you have real fans that are really buying tickets and buying your merch, it's not instant. And anything, you you could give me any example of any artist where it feels like it was an overnight success. And I can give you the exact story of what actually happened and how said artist was like, uh, hustling for 10 years before this one song, for example, rose into the top. And uh, it's there's no such thing. Easy come, easy go. No, that's so true. Like, I remember one of my favorite actors that I liked, and I was like, oh, it seems like they just blow up overnight. And I was, like, talking to someone who was like, oh, I lived with him, and we were living in our car and couldn't even afford breakfast for, like, a good minute. <laughs> exactly. Like, he rose, like, once that movie, that a certain Marvel movie dropped. That's when he rose. They're like, um, no, we were broke here in LA for a very long time. <laughs> Cause it's like, people don't see it. Nobody's going to put that on their story. Be like eating breakfast in my car. Nobody's going to put that on their story. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like our social medias are highlight reel. <laughs> like, having a horrible day and I could snap a photo and be like grateful. And I am, but like, you know, you, you don't actually know it's our highlight reel. There was actually, it's so funny you mentioned that. Cause there was like this Marvel actor who I was like, man, lucky him. Like he, he was young and he got this incredible role. And I was like, it seemed like an overnight success. And I was watching a movie like literally a few months ago. And he, I was like, is that him? <laughs> Three years old. And so I'm like, this poor thing has probably been working for 20 years to achieve that type of a role. And meanwhile, over here going like, huh, like, <laughs> overnight. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's insane. Cause like, again, like nobody sees like all the work. People were like, oh yeah, they just like came out of nowhere. And it's like, look at their IMBD. They've been working. Like somebody I just did a deep dive on was Renee Rapp. Cause like everybody was like, oh, Renee Rapp came out of nowhere. She I just like, I uh, have the biggest girl crush on her. I love that her. voice, uh, the everything. Did you watch Mean Girls? The- oh, I've seen it twice. Oh, I, I, I was like, I don't even know if someone's voice could do that. Like, I'm such a big fan. I love her. I just want to like, hug her and then look at her. I I love her so much. And like, people were like, well, she came out of nowhere. It's not fair. And it's like, you guys, like, sis has been in this realm for a hot minute yeah. she did not pop out anywhere and like that's why i'm like people like you don't have to believe anybody literally just look up their imbds or 
their whatever oh, and you'll right. see that they didn't just pop out of anywhere like people were like olivia rodrigo and all these others i was like they've been working yeah for a minute they didn't just pop out yeah totally. with like a hit song right. also who cares if they're if they're talented and they're really good good for them you do that to them like you know yeah, like, like it's just it's um it's it's keep your head down and focus on what you're doing. And if you feel like, for example, someone has something that you don't yet and you feel like someone got it a lot faster or it was overnight or something like good for them. Be happy for them. Your time will come too. just work hard. Yeah, it's like but, their win is not your failure. Yeah, exactly. And besides again, no, so because one day someone might say that about you and you're going to be like, Ugh, like <laughs> this forever, but then you'll know how it feels. And so just relax. Honestly, the, the the motto for this uh, for this is relax. <laughs> just relax. A little. Just fine. Relax and work smart. Wait, when you said that, it made me think of like relax on a neon pink hoodie, and that made me think of like how does merch happen? Like, break that down for me. Like, who? How does that concept work? That people are like, we need breakaway pants, guys, on this tour. Like, how does that concept come about? You know, honestly, uh, I've always been very grateful to work with very, very creative artists, like from management to even on, on the beep side, because we did a few merch items and especially on the label side, my clients are funny and they're really creative and they come up with like the coolest, like silliest ideas. And like, what am I going to say? No, like, <laughs> they're just, I'm like, like for me, it's always a chuckle. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, um, it's always inspired by like, lyrics or something they think would be just funny to just wear on a shirt as you're strolling past because it catches people's eyes. Um, or, you know, like the traditional, like, you know, album art, like some rendition of it. But I, I'm very grateful to say that I don't, I mean, I just, all I do is look at it. I'm like, this is sick. Like my involvement in that is very minimal. Like my clients are just very talented and they, they uh, come up with their ideas because, you know, if someone's going to walk around wearing a shirt that says like Colin on it forever, like you want to make sure you're proud of that. So what, what am I going to say? You know? Cause every time I see it, I'm like, how did they come up with doing like visors for this or whatever? It'll be something just like, and I'm like, this makes sense. And it's like, how does that, like, how does that get from like idea to like on the merch table? <laughs> it, it comes from them sending me normally a voice note of what they want. It comes it turns into a chuckle for me and then like, a, okay, yeah. And then I email the merch company. Like it's, like, it's, it's so like the, the things that we've like come up with or done, like have just been so funny, but um, yeah, it's, it's their, it's their creative ideation. That's really all. You're like, it's copy paste. Yeah, for me it is. I've, <laughs> the only aspect where I'm like, you know, run with it. <laughs> and speaking of which, I kind of want to go back to us talking about Veeps because I know you mentioned that like you guys sold it to Live Nation and I know you guys had to pivot during the pandemic. Like, can you kind of break down how that idea came about? Like how you had to really like, th you guys had to think on your feet and be like, all right, what do we do? <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, like we, you know, this was, this was year two of our startup, right? And we were doing well. We were, um, we were booking like, a ton of like, you know, VIPs on the road, like full on tours. We had, I think we had like 25 um, tours on sale at one time. We were doing great. And then literally overnight, uh, and uh, listeners, I don't know if you could hear that, but I just snapped. But <laughs> literally overnight, all of our uh, clients were like, we, hey, we need to um, cancel this. We need to postpone this. We need to refund customers. And like, we're happy to do it. But we're like, our entire business model was going to go innate for 
God knows how long, right? We didn't know if this was going to be a few months. We didn't know if this was going to be a year, two years. And myself and my partners and Veeps, Bench and Joel Madden and Kyle Heller, we all jumped on a quick call and we were just like, okay, we, we need to figure out a game plan. And so we thought to ourselves, we're like, okay, well, we have a ticketing platform. We, we, we've done the hard part. We created the actual platform to sell tickets, market in your back end, be able to text, um, you know, fans from, from your back end and they, and they, and a text message shows up, like how to withdraw money. It was all like very, very intuitive. All we needed was a video player. And we thought to ourselves, we're like, wait a second. And we asked Kyle, who was our tech guy, we're like, how quickly can you build a video player for us? And he was like, a week? And we're like, we're going to try live streaming and we're going to dominate this. And because we did it so fast, I'm talking March 1st, and our video player was ready to go. It was our own built-in. It wasn't YouTube or anything like that. And we were just like, we just kind of like held on. We're like, okay. And I had never done a live stream before in my life. And all of a sudden I had to be the expert. And I'm like, all right. (laughs) So I stayed up for days just like researching and Googling as much as I could about like the in and outs and like the different uh, softwares we had to use and platforms. And I went cross-eyed for like a week over it. And we just started. We just like, you can't like, you're never going to be ready. Just go, just take the risk. Just you, we had nothing to lose at that point. And then we did one live stream and then two and then three and then four. And before we knew it, we grew our team from a team of six to 40 because we had to hire more developers, more people to help our artists because we were getting clients left and right. Cause we were the only solution for a hot minute. And the year that was supposed to kill us, we grossed 10 million. We had, 3,000 clients and did 4,000 live streams. Oh my God. And that included Liam Payne from One Direction, Louis Tomlinson from One Direction, Brandy Carlisle, Bob Dylan. Uh, we, we did it. <laughs> That's really no, we did it, Joe. Oh, we did it, Joe. Yeah, no, I was going to think funny. <laughs> I'm like, no, we, we did it. And let me tell you, that was probably the busiest year of my life. And um, it was exciting. It was scary. It was a lot of uncertainty. But we did it because we took a bet on ourselves and we just did the homework and worked hard and worked smart and made very quick, uh, made a very quick pivot. And uh, that's what I always say. I'm like, look, you're never going to be ready for anything. Just do it. And at least you can turn back and say, at least I tried. But nine times out of 10, if you work hard and you're just doing something with a good heart, you won't fail, period. It's not you can't, you won't. And I strongly do believe that. So that was only, so we launched Veeps in 2018. We sold in 2020 uh, at a $30 million valuation to Live Nation. That's crazy. And I feel like you brought up a good point too. A lot of times people are like, oh, like I'll do this. I'll start that business when I have like this amount in the bank or I'll start that channel once I get like a new camera or I'll start on that new album once I can find like new band member. Like it's like you have to just start. Like you're never going to, there's never the right moment. Well, you just have to. You get to the point where you give yourself excuses and you give yourself passes for those excuses. Let me put it to you this way. I was raised on welfare. <laughs> I, I've never like I've I, I, you know, had a very um, I've been working for as long as I can remember. And I've never been afraid of taking a risk because I, I had nothing to lose. You know, I knew what it was like to have nothing. So and I was fine. I was fine. And I also think to myself, like, I didn't have a ton of money when I started uh, Veeps. Like, by the time I got my first investment and I moved over to L.A. because I was living in D.C. at the time, 
I had $80, not even kidding. You had $80 in my bank account. And I just laughed because I found it funny. It wasn't funny after a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is going to be a really good story someday. So when I started like, you know, uh, just gathering some money, I finally moved into my own apartment because I was staying with my aunt at the time, just a few months later. And I had just enough money to buy myself a bed and I stacked up boxes as a nightstand. And I literally remember smiling and going, this is going to be a really great story one day. And um, that was 2016, not that long ago. So So whenever anyone says like, what if, don't follow the what if with a negative statement. What if it doesn't work? What if I fail? How about what if it does work? How about what if you don't fail? How about what if you succeed? Like the what if doesn't have to follow something negative. No, and I feel like that's true. Everybody's always being like, oh, like, I don't know. I like it, it. Like, what if it when I'm like, OK, like you said, like what it like it could be positive. And it's like you already aren't doing anything. So, like, you what? really have nothing to lose. What have you got? I'm like, <laughs> what if you got nothing to lose. Yeah, you're going to at least at least you try. And I don't think there's anything uh, that's I, I don't think failure exists. I think it just leads you to where you're meant to go anyway. Or you end up succeeding in exactly what you were trying to do in the first place. Like, do you know any pivots we did from the Veep's initial model to, to like what we ended up like, you know, running with? Do you know any pivots we did with Versewire in terms of like tweaking and like you just have to? That's just that's just called a startup. Like how many pivots? Okay, okay, this was good. Let's move this. Let's change this person. Let's move them here. Like, let's uh, tweak this in the model. Like, that's just a startup. Like, it it's not always going to end up the way that it started. And that's actually very healthy because that means that you... Uh, looked at what's working, looked at what isn't, and you made your tweaks. Like, just do it. Like, I swear to God, especially in this day and age with so much, like, so many resources and knowledge at our disposal, like, I just think the universe will always fall in love with a stubborn heart. So be stubborn about it. Be like, no, I'm going to win. Oh, fine. Only 2% of startups succeed. Cool. I'm the 2%. And I 100%, maybe it's delusion. Maybe it's whatever we want to call it, but I (laughs) believe that. And I believed it. And, um, now I'm on my second multi-million dollar company. Come on. You have to be Delulu to your dreams come true, Lulu. <laughs> exactly. What do you call it? Like, I firmly believe that because people are like, well, did you doubt yourself? I'm like, here and there, sure, but not daily. You know, like where I'm human. I'm not like, I have, I have a multitude of emotions. And the thing is, is like, don't avoid those emotions. Go right through it. Process it. Process why you're feeling that way and go right through it and just keep going one foot in front of the other. And I think a lot of times, like to your point, and this is just human nature. Like you're like, oh, I, I want the stadium tour. I want uh, 50 million albums. I want the ginormous house. Okay. Let's think, think of the house, right? Cool. That's your goal. Great. Every day, lay down a brick. Every day, lay down one brick. Okay. And before you know it, you'll turn back around and you'll see you have a house. Because every single day you're laying a brick for your future. Just make sure it's in the right direction. One foot in front of the other. Be your own damn hero. You know? You're going to have it all. But it's mm-hmm. not instant. You you want you want a house tomorrow? Cool. It's going to be a house of cards. And the big bad wolf will blow it away. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you, want, you want a solid foundation? Then lay a brick down every single day. That's how it is. There's no, you can't cheat it. Period. And that's the thing a lot of people are like, they want a shortcut. They're like, oh, I don't, they're like, oh, you have to do all that. Like, I just want to like, you know, make, do this and, you know, have the like yacht and the boat and the BBL. 
no. It's, well, it's, it's, like, totally. no. it's one of those things where it's like, you know what, teach their own. D- do what makes you happy. Like I always say, go on with your bad self. Like do what makes you happy. But there's a reason why like, like <laughs> sheets don't get you the results you want. <laughs> like there's always a catch. There's always, and also like, I was actually talking to my friend the other day about, about content creators and influencers. And they were just like, Oh, I really want to be one. I think it's just like, it's so easy. And I'm like, do you know how much work that is? Like, it's, it's always like, it's always an expectation versus reality. You know, even my clients that have to like, you know, do a ton of content for their releases. Like it is so much work. The ideation, mm-hmm. never mind the whole plan behind it, never mind the actual setup, never mind the filming, never mind the editing, never mind posting it correctly. Like that's not like that's not just like a a quick run and done. Like anything that's long lasting takes time and it takes uh attention and it takes hard work. Like, period. You know? You just no, like care. Yeah, people are like, mm, yeah, like, you know, I I could post pics all day and, you know, post my, like, meals. And it's like, do you know, like, all the equipment these girlies are packing? Like, they're packing, like, the girls at Coachella, yo, they're, like, this one girl, I'm not even kidding, like, she had a full-blown, like, light reflector in her book bag and a tripod back there and was, like, filming, putting it, like, it's insane. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm over here with my front-facing phone camera going, this will do. <laughs> me looking like with like chin down like bad yeah. yeah it's it's none of this is easy nothing, nothing that actually is is sustainable and worth it is easy so get that out of your head just just work hard and then work smart you know like that's that's how i always put it and, and have fun you want to you want to know one thing i've also realized is that you can achieve everything you've always wanted and then you're climbing the mountain and you reach the top of that mountain and you're not happy because you just you were waiting for the end and like the you're waiting for this like monumental like conclusion and like it isn't what you expect it to be or then you look at the next mountain you're like okay cool yeah yeah I did it now I want to climb that mountain and you're never fully satisfied and it's like you know this is so cliche but the reason like I think cliches are a cliche for a reason it's because they're you know most of them make sense it's like enjoy the journey if I'm over here just waiting for I don't know, like, it's just that magical ending, like, then what am I doing every day? Like, and your job Mm -hmm. picks up a good amount of your week, so you might as well enjoy it or find joy in it. And that that could be something as simple as just like, I don't know, like, I I romanticize making my coffee in the morning and like reading a book before I start my day because I have my boundaries. And that's also very important as well. But I also like love days where I'm spending my, my time with my clients and just like, ideating some content or like marketing strategies or like listening to me like my I get to listen to music and like work with my best friends for a living like it's it's all in your uh, mindset and you can completely change the course of your life by changing your mindset I fully believe that so if you're doing it with like a with a peaceful heart and your energy's light like things work out for you I promise you that but it's all in your mindset that part and to wrap us up for everybody who's like oh sherry cool love that you get to like do music girl you're so cool but like i need to make a shift like what advice do you have for those who are looking at their business and they're like something we need to pivot we need to do a change but like we're scared like what advice would you give um those like business people you know honestly uh i'm not even kidding you still i literally like make sheets and i make diagrams of like, okay, cool. 
where was I last year and where, where am I trying to go this year? And uh, what is the break that's not allowing me to get there? Like write it, like literally pen to paper, write it out. Sit with your partners and brainstorm what you're trying to do. And for example, do you have the right people in each of those departments? Is your business model working? Really look at those numbers and really understand like, okay, are you net, are you, you know, losing money? Are you net positive? But if you're losing money, is there a bigger plan? Because obviously startups lose money for like a hot minute before they really take off. Like be honest with yourself, get your ego out of it. Like, no, 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 it'll work. And everything's showing you that it's not working. Like get your ego (laughs) out of it. Like if I didn't do that, like I wouldn't be where I am and I'm okay. Like be okay with criticism and, and be okay with asking people for help. Like there are so many times where I went to like my mentors, one of which is Kevin Lyman founder of Warped Tour. I've been bothering that poor man since I was, yes. um, I would sit with him and I'm like, okay, this, I'm trying to do this. Like, what do you think? And he's like, oh, you really need to talk to this person. They killed it in their lane on, on like this company. They can probably give you some advice. Like I, I don't have an ego in terms of like, no, I got it. Like I know what to do. I would love to sit in a room with someone that knows better than me, you know, and be okay with that. Don't let your ego get in the way of like, no, I got it. <laughs> okay there's like there's no point there's no point you know no that's there's literally what people there i feel like that's the main thing it's like their egos get in the way and they're like i don't need help i can do it myself and i'm like that's there's no problem with asking for help you don't have to do like okay cool you don't have to and you're making it harder for yourself you're frustrating yourself sometimes you do you do need uh like a fresh set of eyes to look at something and they're just like oh this and you're like oh wait you're right and I even do that, like my business partners, we do that with each other all the time. Just take your ego out of it, have fun, and everything works out. I promise you, everything works out. Just relax. <laughs> yeah, I was, gonna say, I, was like, I was like, brought to you by Relax and Relax by Mark Jacobs for my. No, Jacobs. really, should we do a <laughs> What up, Mark Jacobs? Uh, uh, Sherry, thank you so much for being here today and just dropping so many rose quartz gems on us you're so welcome the pleasure is all mine and thank you for having me this has been fun (laughs) wow how great was this episode if you were like me you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments so if you do feel free to add us at adweek across twitter instagram all the social medias and we'd love to hear from you all and feel free to give us a rating on apple podcast that always helps us And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountville Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.